The Agenda. Agenda one. And it's me setting the agenda this afternoon and the first billing on the agenda. Joey Manu set to uh, switch codes to Union. Why do you think, Beeve, so many leagueies want to switch to Union? Well, I mean, in, in a lot of circumstances, it's what they grew up playing, uh, especially a lot of the Kiwi boys because obviously the NRL scouts from not just the Warriors but outside of them use schoolboy rugby over here is a wonderful nursery and it's been proven. You look at Big Nelson, obviously Joey Manu, Roger himself, and therefore they've obviously got a feeling about the game. They've got their own, I guess, beliefs about how good they were when they are at school and they see guys that they played with who have reached the top and are All Blacks or Wallabies or what have you. Again, in Australia, um, the NRL teams now really go after these private schools which are all rugby still, which is you know, often been criticised as the reason why Australian rugby is so poor because they concentrate on the private schools. We look at guys like Cam Murray and Angus Crichton and the likes. So they grow up, a lot of them have grown up with an affiliation. But I think the big thing is, you know, and the reality is the NRL is the NRL. It's a wonderful competition, but it's Australian-based and it is what it is where obviously the rugby world is a whole lot wider, uh, both professionally as far as where you can play, but also from an international point of view. And there's nothing in league that compares to an end-of-year tour where the boys will go on a five- or six-match tour. They'll play in front of 60 or 70,000 every weekend. And then there's World Cups and things like that. So I guess that that would be a big appeal. And, and yes, the, money's, the money is the money is big. It was interesting to see what they were talking about for Joey Manu in France. I didn't think... I didn't think that would be enough to make him. From what you hear and see of Joey Manu, if Johnny, Joey Manu wants to go to rugby... I'm surprised that there hasn't been a hasn't been a word about the uh, New Zealand scene just yet. It's all about Japan mm. and it's all about France. And he's come out and said if he goes to rugby, he's all in and wants to make a go of it. Well, if he's all in and wants to make a go of it, that for me sounds like he's wanting to be an international. And a Tokoro boy, a proud Tokoro boy, only wants to play for the All Blacks. I'd have thought. So I would still think there might be a twist in this tale yet. Obviously, Australia's reporting. France and Japan, but that's where all the money is. So I wonder if there's still something going on on these shores, mate, because if, uh, if Joey Marnie talk, is talking about going all in, that for me means he wants to be an All Black. Agenda 2. Yeah, I mean, he was quoted in saying that, uh, that he wanted to become an All Black, like you like you're saying. Uh, second on the agenda, the Paris Olympic Games uh, medals will have an alum, uh, one, sorry, a bit of the Eiffel Tower in them. Uh, where do you guys stand on sports memorabilia? And Kim, do you have any at home? Have much at home? First of all, I love this. Uh, like, love this for the medals. That is super, super cool and unique. Uh, sports memorabilia at home from my storied career uh, as an athlete. <laughs> no, so I do actually, my poor parents still will have a box of... I, I, I don't know if you guys remember or did this in your years doing school sport, but you'd go away on tournaments and you'd get these ribbons for your team. So, you know, Taranaki, under-15s hockey, for example. And you'd get all these ribbons and you'd swap them with players from other teams. So you'd end up with all of these different ribbons that I don't really know what you were meant to do with them, but it's a bit of a keepsake. <laughs> and so mum and dad still have a box of those for me. So that's my uh, sporting memorabilia from my own exploits covered from my peak as an athlete. Uh, but also memorabilia from sporting events, Love it. 
absolutely love it. I mean, the main one, the main memorabilia that I have at home are accreditations. So event passes, effectively, uh, from various sporting events that I have covered. Uh, so from Olympics past, World Cups past, and things like that. And I tend to, over time, I started uh, throwing out some of the, the more minor passes, uh, but definitely hang on to the big ones. Um, and I love collecting bits and pieces from various sport events that I've gone to as well. So I am pro sports memorabilia, not in a hoarding way. Maybe slightly in a hoarding way. My house is not big enough for me to hoard, though, so I have to leave it at that. Beaver will have more, surely. Yes, I do. Have, I do have a bit, but again, it's just—it's sort of stashed. It's uh, when you talk about obviously you get jerseys and all the rest of it, and from differing different scenes and that. But I guess as time goes on, you feel probably a little bit less attached to them. We've got some cool bottles, like uh, memorabilia bottles of whether we won the NPCs or Ranfurly Shields, and. Uh, and I know Steinlager did a big magnum for us and with a World Cup one, it's all sort of done up. But, um, yeah, I've, it's funny. The, the thing, if you talk about hoarding and, you know, it really is just going to take up space. But, and I think I carried it all the way through. Obviously not once against Japan because they don't really do it. But remember programs? Yeah. And so when you'd go in and sit on your seat inside the change rooms, there'd always be a program sitting on top of your jersey and your socks and your shorts. And I'd never read the program, but I'd always just chuck in my bag. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be part. I don't think I'd be far off having a program for every game I played, and uh, there is, <laughs> it's just all in boxes at home. So that would be the one little, uh, I guess, almost ritual from mine, Jacob, around uh, memorabilia as far as that goes. I can't imagine Jacko, Liam, or Liv um, sitting down and reading the programs and uh, worried about these couple of hundred programs that are sitting in the boxes. But uh, there you go. It's, uh, I've, I'm pretty sure I've got most of those. That hey. is so cool. Sorry, Jacob. Yeah, they might be in the future. I mean, I, I like if, if my dad was an ex-world black or famous rugby player, I'll tell you what, in 10 years' time, I'd be, uh, if I was their age, I'd be reading them and going through them all. It would also make for such a cool display. Agenda three. Yeah, definitely. You could have it up, up, yeah, on a mantelpiece somewhere. You could get some shelves going on, pop them in the shelves. Oh. Mm, okay, guys. Just right. ideas, just ideas. Um, Thanks, guys. Speaking of another <laughs> idea I've had, uh, it's not sort of like re- relevant to this rugby chat. So Patrick Tui-Piloto and Lee Halfpenny, uh, both long-term injuries sustained in preseason, unfortunately yep. for them. But does that change your preseason predictions for the Super Rugby season coming up, Dave? At all? No, I don't. Well, Big Paddy's injury is a six-weeker. We talked yesterday that uh, the Blues are going to be in the semi-finals. So he's going to be fit and prime by the time semi-finals comes around. It's a blow if they were playing the semi-finals tomorrow, no doubt about it, because Big Paddy fills a massive hole in the middle of that pack. We've talked about how that's been a question mark around the tight five for the last couple of years. I think I think the depth's been a bit paper thin after they had, for a time there, about five all-black props in there. But uh, Big Paddy is a significant loss. But to be honest with you, it's a significant loss for Big Paddy and him personally because he's he's now got a chance you know people quick to write off players as soon as they get to a certain age you look at the All Blacks locking, locking stocks and they've been taking a hit and suddenly someone of Big Paddy's experience size physique he has to be in the conversation like he if he goes out and plays anywhere near to some of the best he's seen. He's a he's an all walking all black this year for me. Uh, regardless if you're looking for the future or what have you, I don't even know how old Paddy is. But I don't think he's that old. Um, and half penny, no, it doesn't change anything for me for the Crusaders. I don't know what role they had him. He certainly wasn't going to be starting fullback for them. 
if anything, um, he was going to be filling a hole there. Why um, name escapes me? The ten who's got a six-week injury, he will be coming back. Uh, um, Canterbury boy, I've had a mind blank here, but oh, he Fergus. was gonna, Fergus Burke. Yeah, Fergus Burke. Fergus Burke. Sorry, sorry, Fergus. He was going to be, if anything, he was probably going to be keeping that seat warm for him. Um, until he comes back. So, no, nothing changes there um, as far as the Crusaders and, and where they'll be. I, I don't want to feed this because I know we've got Ollie Ritchie coming on later. <laughs> or Ollie Downs, I don't know. But when you saw the Crusaders team, <sighs> yes, there's still that big hole at 10 that Ritchie's left, which is obvious. But when you saw the team that they named for that Munster game, and re- that's minus All Blacks. <laughs> it's still Ugh. there's still some names to put down, isn't there? There's still <laughs> some names on a team sheet. <laughs> Depth is not something that that team is short of. No, uh, don't no. you? Want, you feel free to bring it up with them. I'm sure he will be able no, to wax a lyrical. I don't. Uh, I don't need to feel that. The, <laughs> the discussions in our household or anything to go by anyway. Uh, if you'd like to add anything to that conversation or your beavers best, get it in on the Temper Bed Post text machine double eight double three. Temper and Bed Posts range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort.